Episode 40 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling. We had some big moves happen in uh, AEW this last week on AEW Dynamite. Darby Allen and Miro had a classic as well as the Young Bucks and SCU. And then we're going to go into the vault and give a recap of WrestleMania 3, one of the greatest pay-per-views of them all. But before we get into all that good stuff, let's introduce the boys real quick. Up in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Don't just get hyped. I stay hyped. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) And he's no longer with us, right? Is that Mojo? Mojo? No, no, he was just released. He's not dead. I mean, his career career might be, but... No, his career was dead. (laughs) His career was dead after he signed. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, he held out a lot longer than a whole oh, yeah. lot of other people. Oh, yeah. He, he was living on borrowed time. I mean, it, once he starts hawking his uh, Zubas, that's when you got to be worried, I think. Mm-hmm. I would buy one. Let's cruise down the Bayview real quick. Talk to someone who keeps it freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? And then Linda McMahon had to pay for it. There. How's that for kayfabe? <laughs> <laughs> An all-time classic uh, yeah. that happened. You can only hear here on Keep Exclusively. the Yeah, that's that's our buddy Greg the Hammer Valentine. I just watched that again like two days ago, and uh, it's that's great choice on your part to go there. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Forty-five seconds of brilliance. Since we'll be talking about WrestleMania three tonight, I thought it was appropriate to mention our favorite uh, '80s wrestler, Greg Valentine. Shout out to you again, Greg. Thanks for listening friend of the show yes. total friend of the show as long as you buy his um what's those videos that you can buy cameos, from? cameos. yeah <laughs> well it's better than stealing pictures of it charlie exactly getting the, getting the desk there he only loves you 30 percent. it just depends how much you're paying him <laughs> All right, let's stay down in Bayview real quick. Talk to my guy. Oh, my God, it's Charlie Michael. <laughs> the whole effing show. Nice. <laughs> Anybody watch that R- RVD? I want to call part of that RVD. I heard, of, thing. I heard it's pretty good. That was good, man. They do really. I mean, there's. I would rather watch their uh, documentaries than the shows. Because mm-hmm. do- I watched part yeah. of that, and I watched part of the two, what's it called, two, two, Two cool dudes or something about uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Oh was yeah, ac- was excellent, dude. I like ton of it was it was really good. If you get the chance to catch it, watch it. It was really good, dude. Really, there's. Good. I wish there was more hours in the day to because watch this there's stuff. Yeah. just so much stuff on. I mean, there's that Hidden Treasures show that's on yeah, AE too. Yeah, that could be kind of interesting on that too. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think um, the Shawn Michaels one just like aired last night is that what you yep. were talking about charlie yep yep that yeah. one was on so, yeah it was, it's good yeah him and big daddy and it's just 
how they came up, the whole curtain call thing, the whole him getting the belt, not being ready. It was just really, it was really good, dude. We nice. you know? stuff to watch. It, well, it's like what yeah. we talked about last week, 40% more content this past year than the previous year. So yeah. right. It's like just yeah. more proof of that. It was better. It was that was better than the parts of the pay-per-view I saw. I love a good wrestling documentary. For sure. All right. So speaking of a ton of wrestling, we had a ton of great shit that happened on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Um Highly anticipated match. Current TNT champion Darby Allen faced off against Miro. And we've been saying Miro's been looking good. He's slimmed down. He's bulked up. He looks focused. He got away from, um, what's his name? Kip Sabian in the best man role. Kip Sabian, yeah. So uh, I was really looking forward to this match. Did I think Miro was going to get the belt? I I I mean, I wanted him to. Yeah. But I didn't think so because, yep. you know, Darby's the man. I love watching him. But, you know, if it push come to shove, if really Darby Allen and M- Miro had a match, Miro just looks like a beast and would destroy oh, yeah. Darby Allen. Yeah, they, and it was it was a very physical, physical match. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, we're going to uh, recap it right now. Uh, but there was a change of hands of the belt. Miro, your new TNT television champion. Boys, what'd you think of this match? Awesome match. It was the perfect time, I think, for Darby to drop the belt. Um, If you listen to this week's uh, or previous week's episode of our show, you probably would have heard us talking about how Darby Allen got thrown down a flight of stairs on the Blood and Guts episode of Dynamite. Just a brutal spot, regardless of whether it was gimmicked or not, in which case, knowing Darby and just having watched the show, it definitely wasn't gimmicked. So... In real life, could I believe Darby losing the belt? Absolutely. Bleeds over perfectly into the storyline. At the same time, they've been doing a great job building up Miro now as this unconquerable monster. And this match just brought all those elements together. Another great example of just AEW's booking. They think of every possible angle within a storyline and find a way to bring it all together. And this was all of that happening and just a really good way to kind of transition Darby Allen away from the TNT title picture, bring Miro into it, um, just kind of prove that he is becoming more and more of a relevant persona within AEW. Just uh, everything here was done great, perfectly. Mike, like you mentioned, this was a super physical match. I think my favorite spot in it, um, well, there was two actually. One was this insane missile Tope Suicida through the ropes into Miro where Darby Allen just kind of hurls his body at him. That was incredible. There was also a spot where Miro sort of tosses Darby into the ropes, but only Darby's leg hits. Um, yeah, right. For whatever reason, that just isn't something you see normally. So it just carries an extra weight, I think. Yeah. And that could really mess, like dislocate your, your knee. I mean, a lot of bad can happen because those are steel cables wrapped in those ropes. And that's what Excalibur reminded us of, which yeah, <laughs> good for him, right? Like, wait, wait for Excalibur to sell that spot. Absolutely. Steve, what do you think, man? Yeah, I love that match. I thought it was so well done. I think they just tell good stories. They kind of, to a degree, repeated the same thing they did with Cody, where, you know, he's pushing it to the limit week after week after week. And then he just pushes too hard. In this case, I guess the variation too, is that uh, Darby got beat up by what Scorpio sky and um, right. Uh, page, the other Thank page, Ethan? Ethan page. Is it yeah. Ethan or Evan? Who, yeah. Ethan. Ethan. 
Yeah, so that was cool. So yeah, it's it's just and even so, you know, so Darby goes in all beat up, still puts on one hell of a show. So he doesn't lose a damn thing other than the belt. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I assume him and Sting are now freed up to go, you know, get speed up revenge. And two, uh, yep. Miro needed that. I think you know, I, I got some friends who may well be listening to this show who were bemoaning um oh look they're like Miro jumps over to AEW and they're doing shit with him with um um kip and all that and what what a step down blah 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 and like within less than a year he's the aew champion and all of that whatever messiness of that feud is like it's not even rememberable now it's like he is a badass and like that's all that matters and he's a very credible champion and i thought it was just really well done yeah how are you feeling about it charlie yeah no it was a good match a really good match you know because you didn't really know who was gonna win but I think they booked it right by putting Miro over because, I mean, in all reality, he should be able to beat him. You know, he's a bigger yes. monster. So him going over was perfect. It was just a good match. It, it was it was good. And it'll be interesting yeah. now to see what road they uh, take Miro down and who he uh, who he spars with going forward. But it was it was a good match. I, was enjoy- yep. I enjoyed it. Precisely. Uh, I, same thing. I was kind of really sad to see Miro keep losing matches. Yeah. From going from WWE to AEW, now that he has the belt on, now we're gonna see him, you know, kick a little yeah. ass. Like yeah, now it's his turn, you know. And it it and the other treat of this all is too. It looks like they are setting up a tag rivalry between Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky versus Darby Allen and Sting. So we're gonna yep. maybe see a little more live in uh, in ring work from the Stinger. Yeah, so, so that, I'm sure that'll be a great match. Exactly. So we, I, they got to be building up to double or nothing for that rivalry to go down. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it won't be a cinematic match like we saw Sting in last time. Probably we're not. Gonna see, we're going to see what he's looking like. So yeah. a lot of good things happening. Cheers he, to all the, he looks like he can do all the hits, so it should be fine. You know, yep. Darby will carry the team and then he'll come in and do some splashes and stuff and probably yep. come out looking fine. Exactly. Yep. I think that cinematic match was more of a a test for Sting to see if he still got it. Yeah, definitely was, passed. So, oh yeah, that was like a war. Most definitely. And speaking of war, uh, hmm. SCU versus the Young Bucks uh, had a match. And uh, if you don't follow any Instagram pages of wrestling, uh, it's probably a good thing because you might want to puke after you saw uh, a member of SCU. Is it is it Daniels? Daniels yeah. For Daniels, whose yeah. eye looks like. Oh my God! It, it, it looks, looks like, like Abaddon's. Con- it looks like Abaddon's contacts. I mean, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah, on a bad day. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say so. it almost looks like uh, one of the zombies from w- the lumberjack match at uh, oh. WrestleMania Backlash, which we will not be covering tonight. So that's oh, thank God but, you're off the hook, WWE. Right. Yeah. So uh, and the stipulation of this match was if SC you loses they would have to break up and they did lose didn't they yes yep mm-hmm. so what where are we standing right now they're done yeah i'm guessing he's in his 50s so yep. i think he was brought in to be a combination wrestler and agent so i would okay. imagine he's gonna slowly transition to more hey, the Chris- agent so Christopher Daniels is in his fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's good, isn't he? I mean, he yeah, still looks he's good. incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of figured he was in his forties, but I did not know he was, you know, 
approaching that age. That's pretty he's 51. Yeah, I was just looking up. Yep. Yeah, I know he's I know he turned 50. Yeah, yep. he's good. Yeah. He, he's been oh, around a long time, bro. Yeah. Um, well, I just always hear too, he had a lot to do for bringing in the talent to AEW. Everybody mm-hmm. says Christopher Daniels is like the like the like the rah rah cheerleader for all these great wrestlers. Like he has a really, really great eye for talent. So maybe he wants to maybe get out of the ring a little bit and oh, uh, yeah. into more of uh, coaching these young uh, these young bucks, uh, not the young bucks. That's oh, not a good uh, nickname <laughs> for young studs that are yeah. coming up in AEW right now. And um, I think yeah. it says, I think it says he's a head of talent relations. So there we go. Yeah, that's what I'm sure he'll be doing mostly back behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll pop in the ring every once in a and, while. And Kazarian's no spring chicken either. I think he's no, in he's in his forties. He's in his forty, yeah. but man, that guy still can go. So he's, I imagine, yep. he's got some years left in him. Yeah, they're yep. both in great shape. And who yeah. knows? I mean, give it like a year. Maybe they'll take a year off and then come back for a special match. And I mean, that'll get the crowd popping for sure. Because it's nothing you. makes nothing makes me pop when they're like, this is the worst city. Yeah. <laughs> I love yes, you love great. it. Yeah. You know, I um I mean the match itself I thought was excellent. And I thought the, the young bucks, man. We've talked about this before, but like in in twenty third or twenty twenty eleven, when um a team can legitimately heal it up so much that I like buy into it, you know. After all, oh, yeah. I, I like, and they're just so despicable that I, I root against them. And the the whole imitation of the uh, "I love you, I'm sorry" yeah. thing is <laughs> so it. great. And and yeah. It. Uh, and being more mad that his friend is bleeding on his shoes than the fact that he's injured. <laughs> I mean, it was so great. My only perfect quibble, yells, dude. My only quibble about the match, or not even the match, the post-match, is you know I think AEW runs such a tight ship with television and keeping things on a schedule that I feel like they completely shortchanged like the moment in the ring between uh, Kaz and um, yeah. Daniels because they went right to the back where it was like. Um, um, Moxley and uh, King and uh, I just I'm losing the names, yeah. but then they were like destroying the back and all, like so they went right to that and then yeah. they came back for like a minute or a second or whatever. So it's like you never really got to see the other than a hug in the ring, like this like iconic yeah. tag team. I, I, I like, think the, have their yeah. farewells. I think the Bucks playing the total heels. Um, I don't know if it was on their Twitter or on their Instagram, but they said that they told the. Uh, the camera guys to cut to cut that to cut to, to cut to the back to tell them so they okay. wouldn't have I mean, to. If, that's, yeah. if that was part of the plan, then it's kind of it probably yeah. wasn't, but they improvised yeah. and said they did it just for their heel stuff. So I it just that was pretty it, it good. felt it felt like they had this huge moment where a legendary tag team was ending, and they yeah. like cut the farewell because of time. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it's not give, the thing to cut. So maybe they'll give them some time on TV. They probably will. Tonight or next or Friday night when it's on again. Or they'll have some or they'll have some big like oh farewell to SCU that the yep. young bucks will crash and be more despicable. Hopefully. Yeah, I agree with you. AEW does kind of try to pack in as much content into their uh into their programming as possible. They definitely keep it moving. All right. Well, that was a lot of a lot of good stuff happening this past AEW. Again, they are building up to double or nothing. Uh, Probably next week we'll have our prediction show as our card fills out. And what we have on tap for this week, we had a fan write to us. Believe his name is Nick. 
who asked us if he or if we could review WrestleMania three, and we give the people what they want. So Got to this give is the what we're going to do. Want. Absolutely. So thank you, Nick, for uh, your listenership. I hope you enjoy, and this will be really fun to go back and chat about um, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Basically, it was the most pivotal. Uh, WrestleMania three was like pretty much the one that solidified wrestling in the pop culture globally. Um, it was the biggest attendance uh, record that is disputed, but um, yeah, this is uh, the the one that really set WWE in into like a solid global phenomena that it is today. So um, it took place March 29th, 1987 at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, the attendance is 93,173. Though, though but, Dave Meltzer likes oh. to dispute it because he likes to piss on everything. And Jesse Ventura likes to argue that number as well because he doesn't believe it includes him and Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what he said on commentary during the show. I love that's it. Good. Well, regardless, it was a packed house and, um, you know, being in COVID times without seeing crowds and just thinking back on like what a crowd that was. I mean, I, I think it did set the U.S. indoor attendance record for an event. And it was just really refreshing to see no cell phones in sight. So everybody's locked in, keyed in on the entertainment. Can you imagine trying to get a beer? At that place no. when there's 93,000 people and trying to take a piss? Sounds awful, to be quite honest with you. But it was a lot of fun. It was a fun show. Uh, it was hosted by um, Bob Euchre. Um, we uh, had announcers from, you know, the late, great Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura with plenty of special guests. We're going to run down the card and uh, give our thoughts as we watched it this past week. And uh, we probably won't spend a lot of time on each individual match, but um, we're gonna we're gonna relive the memory. So let's take a walk down memory lane for WrestleMania three. So the card uh, opened up with the team of Rick Martel and Tom Zink, the Can Am Connection, and they defeated mm-hmm. Big Bob Orton and the magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji to lead off uh, the evening. And Steve immediately hated this match because of his hate for Bob Orton. No, I just hate his son. Oh, okay. Actually, okay. I actually <laughs> liked Bob Orton Sr. <laughs> Patriots nice. fans generally. Ace. As, as Papa used to call him, Ace. Ace. <laughs> well, as I think I call him Ace. I think I told this story on Keep the Kayfabe before, so I'll do it super abridged. But one of my favorite Bob Orton memories was uh, I went to a show. I think it was at the uh, auditorium in Milwaukee. It was WCW. And, you know, I think Milwaukee, at least back then, was a WWE town. So we went to this show, a buddy of mine and I. The crowd was decent, but it was a house show. Fans weren't into it. Like match after match happened and they just were sitting on their hands. And then it was Cowboy Bob Orton versus somebody. I don't even remember who, but Orton was the villain. But because everybody in the crowd knew him from WWE, they went crazy, like cheering for him. And I remember he at first was trying to heal it up. But as the match went on, because the crowd was so cheering for him, he was starting to like get into it. And it was, it was just, it was hilarious. I don't remember anything about that card other than that Bob Orton got the ovation of the night and like, 
like super like seem to appreciate it. Nice. It took me I a thought- few days to watch this pay-per-view. Um, and the problem was every night I'd started uh, right as I went to bed, I'd try and watch some of it, but I would fall asleep pretty quickly just because I can't stay up once I go to bed. So yeah. I probably watched this opening match at least five or six times <laughs> preparing for this podcast. It's a good match. The, I think one of the cool things that came out of it, though, is on past episodes of Keep the Kayfabe, and for our longtime listeners, you've probably noticed this, but Steve has mentioned the name Rick Martell on many occasions. And you've never right. heard me speak because, quite frankly, I did not know who this guy was until watching WrestleMania three in its entirety. What a worker, mm-hmm. um, especially for the 80s. Oh, yeah. Work rate was way less than it is today. I, I feel like today, every match, you have to have just Iron Man level conditioning to work a wrestling match. Um, that wasn't necessarily the case in the 80s. But Rick Martel, man, that guy could go. And this match really showcased his talents. Um great way to open the show the crowd was red hot throughout the whole show um mike i know you mentioned that mr fuji uh was one of the managers in this match and it was really cool seeing him um i think between him and jimmy hart they managed pretty much every single team throughout this entire pay-per-view with the exception of maybe bobby heenan also heenan and yeah slick yeah and slick yeah sorry i forgot about him um i don't know that there was a match on this show that didn't have a manager involved somehow right good point definitely a different era let me ask you guys a question so i wasn't i was only not even three years old when wrestlemania wow um happened where do you guys remember like the build-up to this charlie and steve um do you remember like where you were like how old you were did you watch it live like what was the feeling because this was this was uh 87 yeah so i would have been 13 and i i we my my family bought this pay-per-view i remember that wow um throughout high school i had wrestlemania parties i think this might have been 13 would that be just a little before that yeah i don't think we had a party but my my i remember my my brothers and my dad and i watched this it's awesome yeah they did say that they grossed um in ticket sales over a million dollars oh yeah in 1987 and then their pay-per-view sales were over 10 million wow wow and uh it was watched on like 167 different closed circuit tvs or whatever however they want to call it so yeah this this was like the big thing that vince probably went all in probably didn't like if this was a bust wrestling would have probably folded yeah, exactly. Uh, one quick note before we move on. Tom Zink, there is a guy. So I think he's he in the too. AWA. Mm-hmm. Good worker. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was doing a little uh, refreshing my memory, but, you know, he, he so he was in this prominent match. They won. They won. And uh, like later that year, he wound up like having some sort of dispute with WC, WWE and left. And I never really found out why, but uh, he, he kind of ended on bad terms. And then he went to WCW as the Z-Man for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was him. Yeah, yeah that was him. I remember then, the Z-Man. And then he left wrestling, I think, pretty young. And uh, sadly, yep. in 2017, he passed away in his 50s. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, you know, one of those unsung, like, pretty solid worker. He should have changed his name to Tom Gold or something else from the periodic table. From zinc instead of zinc. You went to gold. Nice. <laughs> Tim I'm Gold. Not a, yeah, I'm not a science guy, but uh, and I yeah, think what, I do remember the Z-Man. One of the biggest shocks when you look at who's in the WWE Hall of Fame is that Martell isn't. 
I mean, he had a good run, tag team champion. He was the model, which is a notable 80s villain. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm and he had a decent little WCW run. I am shocked he's not in the Hall of Fame. He didn't do any lawsuits or anything. I got to think he's going to get in one of these years. After they hear this podcast, they definitely yeah. will. If you're listening, then, um, if you're listening Rick, I'm Triple a big H. fan. Oh, he's been a big fan, Rick. All right. Oh, let's oh. go on to the second match of the night between Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules with Bobby Hercules. Heenan. Oh, man. And this one, this one ended in a double count out. Um, it was like the, I mean, two huge individuals. Hercules was massive. Oh, oh yeah. He was a monster. I definitely the story. I ran into him back in my, they did a house show back in my hometown back in the day. Really? He was in, yeah. He was in his prime and I was, we were out in the bars over in Iowa. So I think he'd go out 18 at that time. And that dude was a nut. He was like, <laughs> he was doing Coke and shit, dude. And he was a scary fucking dude. dude. It was like, <laughs> he, I knew he was a wrestler, but we, none of us went up to him because he was like going to the back with some dudes. He'd come out like, Rah! Crazy oh my and god shit. yeah, yeah. So, so what you he's saw a... in his promo on wrestlemania 3 wasn't far removed from him <laughs> no I no know. no yeah. he was one he was that he was that guy he was a he was your 80s wrestler dude partied and partied hard after the shows he was always a favorite of mine in the 80s he's had a great a body too yeah oh yeah he was yeah. just yeah i was and... in a bodybuilding and shit at that time so yeah yeah Stacked. these two these two got phys- i mean that was a pretty physical match two 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 of the like the strong men kind of beating the crap out of each other yeah fairly it's funny you mentioned the body on hercules because as i was watching this pay-per-view uh i remember getting to this match and seeing hercules and thinking oh man mike's gonna love this guy <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's a machine dude mike is yeah, the is. body guy here on keep the kayfabe you know oh, billy, yeah billy I'm, jack a, I'm a body was, guy too billy jack haynes was pretty ripped too in <laughs> yep. his day yeah. Yeah. Or as uh, or as Jesse called him, Billy Jerkanes. <laughs> yeah, that that was real clever. <laughs> he sounded like he was kind of a bit of a head case behind the scenes too. I think too, like real intense. And I haven't heard like what he's up to these days. He's probably uh, he's, like not in he's, good shape. <laughs> he's, he's, he's yeah. Billy Jack's still alive. Hercules. Hercules yeah, he's still around. Again, recurring theme in wrestling. Sadly, died at age forty-seven. Hercules did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, ODing he, on Coke or something? I think it was something. It was, drugs. It was drugs, dude. Yeah. My oh, other yeah. favorite thing for those of you listening that you want to watch some funny uh, Hercules' last match in WWE, he was wrestling. Um, oh, crap. Now I forgot. It was either, I think it was Sid or the Warrior, but let's, I, I don't remember which one, but he clearly didn't want to do the job. So he took the guy's finisher, got up. The second after the match was over and walked out, like like he was just done, like no sold the finisher, like and that Damn. was that was the end of his run. Crazy, yeah. So I I kind of jumped ahead a little bit uh, too. We had this is when the WWE used to get major superstars to sing the national anthem in America the Beautiful. This yeah. one mm-hmm. opened up with Aretha, Aretha Franklin, yeah. Playing yep. the piano, pretty. I mean, in Detroit, Motor City, Motown. I mean, deal. that was huge in front of every, you know, that kind of crowd. And now the the WWE basically gets these people off of SoundCloud. Is I and they I they probably don't pay them at all. I don't even know. I think what they need to do to get back into relevancy is maybe you know who I would love to see sing "America the Beautiful." 
Britney Spears. Oh, Charo. <laughs> hey, think Sorry. about it. If they got if they got Britney Spears, Tupac. Uh, free Free Britney is going on. If she came back out, you know how much more eyes would go on to the WWE. Oh my God, it'd be if huge. Could, if they could get that deal, Free Britney. That that's what they need to get back to. Yep, most deaf. But yeah, uh, so match number three on the card, Hillbilly Jim <laughs> versus King Kong Bundy. And these uh, two fellas are big boys, but they brought some little little guys with them. Uh, yep. I, I mean, we've seen some uh, dwarf or midget matches, but I forgot about this one. I was really, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I mean, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised because each of these um vertically challenged individuals had different ethnicities that had a name that represented them i'll just read them now uh the haiti kid and little beaver and uh little tokyo yeah. and lord littlebrook so you lord can kind of he was great he was like a <laughs> yeah. super heel oh i remember him yeah yeah little beaver got the fucking piss knocked out of him too <laughs> but then all the but all the other little people all rallied to him then after that. Oh. <laughs> it's great. I, oh, man. I, like you, Mike, I was really, su- I, I was surprised to see this match, but at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose it was the 80s. It was whatever. that time. Oh, yeah. What better oh, way to put some heat on Bundy? Yeah, there's a Chinese midget. Oh, let's call him Little Tokyo. And there's a Native American one. Uh, yeah, Little Beaver. Yeah. Chinese midget named the, Little the Tokyo. Kid. Black guy, a hitty kid. Little Tokyo <laughs> Chinese doubling down on the racism. I love it. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Lord Littlebrook. Oh, my God. There's a name. And it's shocking that Vince is a Trump supporter. Wow. <laughs> and the crazy shocking. thing is, this was the shortest match of the evening at oh, three minutes and 25, 25 seconds. 25 seconds, yeah. So um, lots of small things. All right, let's keep her moving. Uh, yep. This match, I was really excited to see and one that i do remember when i used to rent this uh from blockbuster i would watch this match all the time because i was a big jyd fan the junkyard dog versus harley race and harley race was with bobby the brain heenan and the fabulous moolah and the heat with this was pretty good leading up uh harley and jyd had a pretty good um uh little story going on they would steal the crown from one another uh I mean, whoever lost had to bow to the other person. And I mean, JYD, tough motherfucker, basically the Hulk Hogan of his territory versus Harley Race, another like legend, heavyweight legend, toughest. Everybody says he's one of the toughest bastards that ever wrestled and stepped into the ring. And um, this match was really fun. Because Harley sold for uh, the dog very well in this match. Oh, it's Harley, baby. Yeah, he so was good. just flipping his body over, stiffer than a board, over the rings, onto the floor, onto the mat. It kind of reminded me of like those Highland games when those dudes <laughs> throw like a big uh, telephone pole to see how far it can go end <laughs> over end. That's what Harley was doing in this match. This was awesome. And uh, it's funny, uh, Harley Race won this match for as hot as JYD was, but the payoff at the end was JYD hit harley with the chair which got major pop and um he ended up putting the robe on and the crown uh were you guys uh what did you guys think of this one jyd got a pop overall 
Like, oh, yeah. You could sure. argue, I mean, he was kind of past his prime. He wasn't really, oh, yeah. he wasn't like great in the ring, quote unquote. But he had like one of the pops of the night, I thought. When he came oh, yeah. He's a, I mean, he's a pop a legend. Dude. Legend. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, just a, a fun match. Wasn't he like the Hulk Hogan of the South in the territory? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You want to yeah. see some good. You want to see some good shit? Come back. It's on YouTube. It's looking up um, uh, when the Free Birds blinded Jake uh, or JYD. It's fucking yes. It's classic, dude. People I've were sending that. him money, money because they yeah, yes. like for his medical bills. That's how into yeah. it they were. Yeah. You gotta go back and watch. You want to see yeah. real? You want to see real heat and how shit used to be? Go back and watch that stuff, dude. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible, yeah, if dude. If, if, if you, your you world. See this you see the Freebirds just trying to get the fuck out of there right. as they did it because it shit was went just, down. It was chaos. And you know, if you're a, if I love you, that if you, shit, if you grew up with the WWE and watched in this area, I mean, you kind of knew JYD as sort of like the lovable kind of like you yeah. know he was the mid upper mid Carter. But yeah, they're like if you if oh, that's yeah. your if I think probably a lot of fans had no idea how huge he was before oh, yeah. that. Yeah, he went, mm-hmm. he made the he made the Mid South territory man. Yeah. I mean, Mid South kind of went downhill after he got snatched up to go up, uh, go up east. Yeah, I he was really New York, as they say. By, I was really caught off guard by the reaction for JYD. Granted, I haven't really seen any of his stuff before, and am not as familiar with him as obviously you guys are. Um, the it's other thing character. is, I, I am familiar with Harley Race. I was actually almost mm. kind of like bummed or just you know yeah. not surprised or excited by his performance although you guys bring up a good point he sold like crazy for junkyard dog and i think that's something you don't really see a lot anymore as matches being as one-sided as this one was and Mm -hmm. i think this was kind of a pattern throughout the card there was a lot of matches where it was pretty clear who the winner was going to be one way or the other or they pull a swerve on you at the last minute It, it didn't go 50 50 at all in a lot of cases and at the time, I think it made sense because there was such a strong heel face dynamic, and that's what really drove a lot of these matches. So, yeah, great match. It was really fun to watch. A lot of these matches were just fun in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And none of them, like I brought up the times again, none of these matches went over 10 minutes. There was yeah, only two tight. matches on the yeah. whole card that went over two uh, or, or 10 minutes, and yeah. uh, we'll get to those matches later on. Um Next, we oh, dude, Steve, this must have put you in a glass case of emotion. It was the dream team of Greg Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, with Johnny Valiant and Dino Bravo versus Boogie the Boogie beloved Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond. And, um, friend of the podcast, Greg Valentine and Brutus, uh, defeated the Rougeau brothers. But, um, so okay, we know. Steve has brought them up a lot and I haven't seen him wrestle a ton. I, I mean, I would have to, you know, go back and remember some of the matches, but this, so yeah, I got up for this one and those, those guys are badass. They have a really good chemistry in the ring. And um, I was impressed. This was really, really great. what do you think, Steve? Yeah, no, I mean, it's were, I, were you in a glass case of emotion? <laughs> <laughs> only, only less, slightly less by the fact that I lived this when it happened live. But uh, no, I mean, I always, I, I man, I love the Rougeau brothers. I loved them as good guys, but I particularly liked them as heels. And this was before their heel turn. But yeah, I mean, this is Greg Grant Valentine looking good. This is when uh, Beefcake pre accident actually was a pretty solid wrestler. And I mean, this was what this this night was when they face turned him. So uh, right. 
he was on the they were gonna put us they were gonna strap a rocket to him and he had to get his face all mashed up <laughs> but yeah, that uh, was before the barber gimmick too this is the start of the barber gimmick because you know mm-hmm. two, the next match is uh adonis and uh brutus comes out and cuts his hair that's that was the literal start of the barber gimmick and the rest is history. But no, it's yeah, it was a fun match. I mean, yeah, and then like I joked earlier, Valentine, we actually, you know, this was maybe slightly past his prime, but he was still kind of animated and into it. And like uh just, yeah, they everybody kind of laid out here. Yeah, he did act, Greg actually took a pretty heavy shot from uh one of the Rougeau brothers off the top rope. It, I, it was one of their finishers where they like just kind of jumped and like put their crotch like in the dude's yeah. face like greg actually got knocked in the face with one of the dude's thighs it was uh, like it hurt, yeah. hurt pretty bad yep matt did you have something yeah i was actually really one of you guys mentioned uh this was bruce the barber beefcake's face turn on this night it, and i didn't even i guess consciously catch that because yeah in this match you have him teaming up alongside greg the hammer valentine friend of the channel but heel on the show um but then later in the show, and we'll get to the match, but we do see the return of Brutus and he's cheered by the crowd, partially because of the situation I think he finds himself in. But I did find that kind of interesting. So we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Very good. Moving on to the next match. This is uh, Charlie's guy. Everybody's favorite Scotsman from Saskatoon, Roddy Roddy Piper, defeated Adrian Adonis with yeah. Jimmy Hart. And Adrian Adonis, talk about ahead of his time from Brooklyn, but in a very uh, flamboyant. Yep. Nobody was really doing that. This is like pre dust no. yep. like, Yeah, exactly. I loved yep. Adrian Adonis. Oh, yeah, same here. I loved him too. And this was a hair versus hair match. Whoever had to, uh, whoever lost, got their hair cut. Um, Jimmy Hart was out there. Yeah, baby. And um, this one went uh, six minutes and 30 seconds. And Roddy did defeat Adrian Adonis, which Brutus the Barber Beefcake came back out and tried to help out cutting Adrian Adonis's hair. But the razor wasn't working so well because apparently when your hair is really sweaty, yeah. the, the blades can't really uh, catch it so well. So lesson learned. Somehow they got a pair of scissors out there very quickly to kind of get the gimmick out there. Um, but yeah, they were, they were kind of struggling, but yeah, this was Roddy's. Was this like his farewell match, uh, too? Yeah, they kept like this much retirement so. match. Yeah, I think he went to go do TV, some movies after that. Yeah, that's what he did. Back, they yeah. and some yeah. other movies. Yeah, he yeah. was out for, I think, two years. Yep. Yeah. Dude, Adonis, yeah. he was so good. He was a, so funny. There was a moment at the end of this match where Roddy Piper's swinging that mirror at him. Like, as they run around the ring and i was just waiting for that mirror to make contact and glass to shatter and go everywhere but shockingly amidst all these people running around in the ring the chaos and that did not happen so that's like yeah. i guess to me the one letdown of this match although we did get to see some of his hair get chopped off so that was kind of cool too yeah he was so good did you guys know that he was tag team champions with um jesse the body ventura and the awa no oh, were they yeah, yeah, he um, yeah, and then he was champ. He was tag team champs in the WWE too with um, Dick Murdoch. Yeah, he had he was an interesting guy, for sure. Right. Ahead of his time, as you said. 
that would be an awesome pairing adonis and jesse like you yeah. know the fashion guy with East adonis West connection and... yeah definitely i'll have to look into that next match was danny davis in the heart <laughs> foundation brett and jim neidhart with jimmy hart yeah baby and tito santana Versus the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, and the Dynamite Kid, who has an upcoming episode on Dark Side of the Ring. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah, uh, Danny Davis, holy shit, yeah. did he have some heat on him. People did not like this guy. I wanted to punch this guy through my screen. Damn. Just instant heat magnet. He comes out in that like Beetlejuice-looking suit that was not <laughs> fitted for him. Do you, <laughs> did, did, did you see why like he wore that? Or did you know why? Well, they mentioned something referee. about him having been a referee. Yes. Yeah. He was a referee for quite some time. And then yeah. he started, they pulled the, where he started like favoring the heels. And then he turned, you know, he helped the. Dangerous Danny. Dangerous so yeah, Danny. he wrestled for a while after that. Um, never beyond the mid card. But uh, yeah, just, yeah, you're right. Heel heat, man. Because he was the, the traitorous man, referee. And yeah. There was Danny a Davis. lot of matches. There was a lot of matches on this card where the heels did did win and the people, you know, got pissed off. But, you know, you know, they were just leading up, you know, the build up. So mm-hmm. it, it was proper. I mean, the booking was very proper on this uh, WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, Neidhart, a young Bret Hart. That was fun to see. Tito Santana has been great. I mean, people love Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, even though they were from Great Britain. They they got a big pop from the crowd. Maybe so, it was because of Matilda. A lot so of dog quest, lovers. Question for you guys. Uh, I think it's several times, maybe it wasn't in this match, but I did catch Jesse Ventura refer to Tito Santana as Chico Santana. Oh, yeah. Yes, always, of course. Dude. Always. Always. Yeah. So, always yeah. so was that just like a rib that Jesse would play on this guy? Yes. Or was that, okay. Was just, Absolutely. You know, just, just the heat. You know, they played with, that was time. They did a lot of racial shit, dude. You know, yeah, it's so, like yeah, or like Billy Jerk Haynes. It was like yeah. he always had those like plays off of the yeah. good guys he didn't like. Yeah, it's just different time, bro. Cause like um what's his name? Um who's the coach for the um he's a Redskins coach now, but he coached for the Panthers. Um he's a classic bear. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, his nickname was Chico. <laughs> you know, if you if you're Hispanic, you get this Chico nickname, dude. It was just Different times, and bro. I always remember the, <laughs> just different times. The deadpan, you know, this was obviously the era when Vince McMahon was the baby face announcer, but um, Ventura would call him uh, Chico Santana, and McMahon would always say real sternly, "I believe that's Tito." Tito, yeah, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That was always yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was great. He's a guy. He's, I he's like heard that, but yeah, I can picture Vince, it knowing Vince. Yeah. Vince is one of the. I think he was a great announcer, dude. He was. He's like a little hidden gem. He was really good at that stuff. Yeah. He knew how he to really, work it. Yeah. He paved the way for his own company back then. Totally. Yeah, he no, did. He, he was the workman. He, the best was that. And I had no idea when I was, that he owned that shit either. That was the best part, too. Nope. I didn't know no he owned it. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. He made it better. And yeah, the Stone it was Cold like would, years. Yep. They would throw, it was weird because, yeah, like you said, they would throw each other little alley-oops like that, like, yeah. oh, uh, Chico Santa, the, I believe that is Tito, Tito. Santa, like, just always team each other up. Yeah. They don't oh, do yeah, that yeah, anymore, boy. you know? No, yeah, you, don't so get inter- you don't get entertaining guys, I mean, you get some decent guys, you know, like the AEW guys are good, and Morrow, Mar- Mar- and those guys are good, but you don't get, like, that kind no. of 
You get like no chemistry. You get, like, you get yep. Corey Graves just like kind of mechanically yep. acting like a heel, and it's just, you get yeah. this guy. Boy, this first time I heard this guy on Raw last night. Oh my! God. Oh, he's terrible, Vernon or whatever. Oh yeah, whatever his fucking name is. He should. He won't be there next year this time. No, just, he won't. Uh, he will not. He, no I, I give him like three months. Yeah, if he makes through a year, to be a miracle. So moving right along here, talk, we have talk about uh, another legend in the territories right next. Yep. Butch Reed, rest yep. in power with Slick, yep. uh, defeated Slick Coco Slick. Beware, who uh, came out to who came out to Morris Day in the Times, the bird. Damn. Just a freaking nice. banger. Yeah. Timeless banger, man. I, know. I fucking yep. love Always. Morris Day in the Times. Always. I know that song. I, I So I heard <gasps> this song. And I actually yeah. haven't seen any of Coco Beware's matches up until this point, so I don't really know anything about him. The only thing I do know about him is for our listeners, if you go back to the episode of Keep the Kayfabe where we play the game Hit My Music, Coco Beware is one of the answers. This is not that theme song. <laughs> exactly. And it really caught me off guard, but I loved it. And the crowd also that, loved it because they were oh, yeah. all about Coco Beware the moment he came out. He's a face, his arms man. Up. He's a big, well, that, uh, what, hot meat, what, white hot, hot meat, white baby, meat face. baby face. Baby face, yeah. yeah. Well, that must have came out right around when Purple Rain came out. Oh, yeah. It was uh, right because Morris Day in yep. the Time, it was 87. Big. So, they were big, yep. Morris Day in the Time was on Purple Rain, and that song was featured, and, you know, that album was number one at the time. So, it must have came out right around the same time, which is great synergy again. I mean, when, I mean, they used to have it figured out. I mean, you're having Euchre. Uh, we're going to get some more of the guests that come out, celebrities to make this night special. But yeah, let's not take away from Butch Reed and Coco Beware. This was a very, very short match. It was only three minutes and 39 seconds. Um, I love Coco. I love Frankie. Uh, but Butch Reed did defeat Coco Beware. I can't really re- Oh, I think uh, who came out and started ripping up uh, Slick's uh, suit? Was that this match? I think oh, so. No, nah, I, think, I think that was the next match, I want to say. But, okay. you know, now that you say that, though, it very well could have been this match because one thing I think they did consistently on this card is even when they gave you a heel win, you still got like a baby face victory post match. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, right, I'll right. have to go back and look and see who who messed with Slick. I can't remember. Either way. Was it Hacksaw Jim but, Duggan? No. no. That, uh, the, he, that was later. Yes, yeah. that was later. It's Okay. Because the next match is uh, the match that should have been the main event, but was not the main <laughs> event. And if you did uh, catch the uh, Randy Savage uh, slam piece that was just on a and biography, you would have gotten an inside look to this match, which is basically one of the Mona Lisa's of wrestling to date. It was between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with George Steele. And Randy Savage, current Intercontinental Champion with, of course, Miss Elizabeth. And this was maybe one of the best matches ever. Uh, it goes down as that as far as a lot of, um, you know, wrestling enthusiasts and his, his historians. Uh, we did just see on the biography that this is kind of when Randy was like really, really OCD. And they wrote this match out 167 oh, yeah. moves. That's including kickouts. That's including Damn. chops, like being thrown out of the ring. They went over it move by move by move. And Savage would actually test Ricky Steamboat 
like, okay, Ricky, what's uh, move 67? You know, like they, he, he would call him in the middle of the night and uh, go over this because it was such an, he was so amped for it. Go ahead, if you Steve. can't tr- if you can't trust Ricky Steamboat, my God, who can you trust? He's like exactly right, possibly the greatest worker that's ever lived. You know, and yeah, you know what's interesting about that? It's stuck in my mind to this day, and I never got an answer. But I we're talking like six, seven years ago. I was listening to Stone Cold's podcast, and he had William Regal on, and they were talking about stuff, and I don't remember what they were talking, but they brought up this match. And Regal said something to the effect of that he thought it was like really one of the best matches he's seen until he talked to Steamboat. And then it kind of changed his opinion of the match. And then Stone Cold said something like, yeah, that that opinion all altered my view as well. And then they kind of had like this wink and a nod where they didn't go into it and they never explained why. And I left me wondering like, okay, this is Stone Cold and Regal, two of the all time greats kind of hinting that boy something really soured them to this match i imagine it has to do with um the over preparation for it and like you know that sort of thing but um what it was, was one the of the opinion? rare time well the, well, basically they just said like the two of them and it was like it was annoying at the time because they didn't let the listeners in on it saying yeah oh. boy after talking to steamboat about this i don't really feel the same way about it anymore and then stone cold's like yeah i agree with you but uh if you know what i mean like wink wink and then they never explained it so i think there's some like well, insider thing uh, like this match was and, and again, maybe it was just because, you know, it wasn't organic. It wasn't um, called in the ring. It was the opposite of called in the ring. It was rehearsed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's still to the use to the end, to the end person, people like us, it was a masterpiece. But uh, I imagine as a wrestler, you might feel differently about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those matches where even as I was watching this, you could tell that a lot of it was pre-rehearsed. But at the same time, it didn't take away from how awesome of a match it was. No. There was so many sequences that I feel like you see now every week on Monday Night Raw or just they've almost become that match has almost become like the recipe for a lot of stuff that gets called in the ring. I feel like, you know, it'll be like certain sequences that you see over and over, like, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man trading kickouts, but then like flipping around, arm dragging each other into another pin with a similar kickout. And, you know, almost like, it's just like boom, 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 greatest hits, go home, done. Um, Yeah. I'll be honest. I had not watched this match ever um, until we, you know, studied up to preview this pay-per-view or review this pay-per-view. And man, this just, well, this was incredible. You know, you hear these stories, people talking about how the macho man was one of the great all-time greats. And this match, if you don't watch any of his other stuff, this is the match to watch. In my opinion, I I've seen some of his other work, but I can't imagine anything comes close to this. It's just, it's just classic. You watch it. It's, it's in the eighties, but you'd swear this could have taken place in NXT in 2016. Right. So, right. Yeah. And you have to remember, too, the fans came to see this match because they did have an awesome story leading up to this when Randy mm-hmm. Savage injured the larynx of or the throat of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who is like the ultimate babyface. We've done our, our babyface episode and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is the fucking man. He is an unbelievable ro- worker, so beloved by many. And Randy, you know, tore him up leading up to this um and then he added greg or uh what's his name uh george george Steele, Steel. uh, every everybody's furry friend who kind of played like king kong 
uh, abducting the beautiful maiden, Miss Elizabeth. So it had some, um, you know, romanticism in it as well. And we already covered how uh, toxic the relationship between Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth was. Plus, they said being such a perfect match, this is like Randy couldn't like eclipse that match, which made everything that he did after that subpar, which kind of fed into his uh, paranoia and maybe drug abuse. I mean, you know, we saw him as an announcer after that. This was like his this was his peak. And um, I mean, maybe maybe this is all being said because we just saw that that piece on E. A and E, yeah. But I, I, mean, I mean, if so. you throw if you throw out all that info that we learned about the match, how there was 167 rehearsed spots, and just watched it for what it was, I mean, we would be like, wow, this is this has got to be like top, definitely in the top five matches of all time in wrestling history. Yeah, Anybody that's... else got anything at, to add on that one? Nothing on this one. One thing I do want to mention, though, is we just talked about Coco Beware and Butch Reed. And Mike, you had asked um, if somebody came and ripped up Slick's outfit. The answer is yes. Uh, it was Tito Santana. That's right. Not Chico? Actually, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. It was Chico. That's actually what confused me is Jesse Ventura went nuts with the Chico references during this segment. <laughs> All right. You know, one last thing about this match, too, is because I remember as a 13 year old feeling this way. And I think this is something else modern wrestling fans will appreciate because nowadays you see this all the time. But back then, this was a rare match when I was a kid where there was tons of false finishes or pinfalls. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't see that that much back then. Now it's like fashionable. But that was another thing that made this match really unique was the, the near falls, near falls, near falls. So yeah, yep. that just goes to show if you don't overuse something, it, it can really lend to the special quality of a match. Absolutely. Moving right along, we had the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart. Yeah, baby! <laughs> Defeated Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts was accompanied with Alice Cooper, a snake man himself. Yeah. And Alice Cooper was hot back then. Right around this time, right? Was yeah, that when was, uh, yeah, school mid eighties? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah, that's that, him. That's, yeah, that is Alice Cooper. That song um, was in the seventies more. Uh, yeah, around this oh, time. Okay. This this was uh, Wayne's World era Alice Cooper songs like oh. Poison, Feed My Frankenstein, stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, he still was hot, still though. sort of his second big comeback peak. Nice. So I didn't get the chance to watch this match tonight, uh, but yeah, Jake the Snake, he's the man. That's nice that they put him on uh, a little, you know, slow it down a little bit after, um, you know, Steamboat and Randy. The crowd probably needed a little break after that. What's, was this a slower match a little bit? It only went seven minutes. Yeah. A little more methodical, yep. Yeah, definitely yeah. more methodical. Not too much, though. Um, they did a really good job bringing the crowd down just slowly enough. Um, I was kind of shocked by the ending, actually, because like you said, Mike, we saw Jake uh, lose this match, which didn't really expect. Um, but at the same time, you know, just like true WWE heel booking fashion on this pay-per-view, after the match, post-match, we see the snake Damien make its appearance and just terrorize everyone in sight. So still gave the people what they wanted, despite how the match may have ended. 
Yep, that'd be a win-win because Jake didn't lose much because he had that moment. And then um, Honky Tonk Man gets his big win. And soon after, like what, months, I don't remember, but maybe later that year, he uh, beat Steamboat for the Intercontinental and then would go on to have the longest run ever as an Intercontinental champion. So, uh, yeah, this was the sort of coming out party for Honky Tonk Man on the bigger things. Absolutely. For sure. Full show. All right. We're getting down to uh, the bottom of this card now. We have the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov with Slick versus the Killer Bees, Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel. And uh, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai won by disqualification. <laughs> yeah. But really, the United States was the winner in this match. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we did. Uh, so another thing in weren't this weren't those match, guys Canadian? Bees. No, okay, no, no, no the bees were from Minnesota. Yeah, okay, yeah, Minnesota. Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, they I were think big. They, yeah, they were. they were big in the AWA too. Yeah, the biggest highlight of this match beyond the Killer Bees um, was the appearance of Hacksaw Jim Duggan when he came out with a two by four <laughs> and chased after both the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And they put a nice little touch on the two by four. There was a miniature American flag. That's 80s and wrestling. During, and during the match, Jim Duggan just stood at ringside, got the crowd chanting USA, all yes. fired up against the heels. Um, I think Jim Duggan is actually the one who went after Nikolai Volkov with a steel chair and ended up getting the disqualification. But again, heel booking fashion on this pay-per-view, the people still got what they wanted. Both the foreigners were attacked with a chair got their comeuppance despite having won the match by disqualification. Then we see Jim Duggan and the killer bees leaving the arena, but still getting the crowd all fired up with some good old fashioned patriotism. Oh, tough guy. Gotta love it. Tough guy. Yep. Tough guy. You gotta love it. And plus uh, iron Sheik and um, Duggan used to roll together on the road a lot. Oh Done my god! A lot gosh. of drugs together too, so uh, that got probably serious pretty trouble. hard after that. They like the yes. weed. Did you bring that up for that reason? Because isn't that what got like um, them both like suspended or fired for a while? Because they were, yeah, you know, a heel and baby face, and they right together. To- yeah, they got busted yep. together, and that 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 I know Duggan got fired. I think, but then they brought him back, and Sheik was in trouble, and they brought him back. But yeah, right. that was that era where you don't have a good guy and a bad guy get caught together. Yep. Still much a less doing babe. drugs. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's all those nose beers that bring the boys together. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar boogers. White lines. All right. Blow away. White lines. Base. All right. So this is what this is what Blow everybody away. came to see. <laughs> this is what everybody came to see. The highly anticipated match between Dude, Hulk Hogan. Some of the two are the best workers ever. <laughs> and, and Andre the Giant. Okay. So this has been on billboards. This has been on magazine covers. It's been on the radio, TV, news, all around the world. 93,000 people packed the house to see this. Andre the Giant can barely move. Yeah. He was uh, in Hulk right Hogan. Yeah. Hulk, Hogan is in his prime. And this is uh, basically, you know, why we still have wrestling today. 
because of this match because it really just it made it it made it all relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've actually gone over this match on our um, past episode BH before Hollywood. Um, it's a it's one of our more popular shows. Um, go check it out where we relive some of the greatest moments in wrestling. Um, Hogan really didn't know how this match was going to go down. He tried to you know talk to Andre, and he wanted to know how to do this match because of all the the hype and all the everything. But I think Andre wanted to relax a little bit, probably because he was nervous, but also keep that high tension in the Hulkster. Cause he was basically the, the, the most popular wrestling in the world, a uh, wrestler in the world. And um, Andre's like, I'll let you know when it's time. And so, and what, and what it was, this, this was the big, uh, the big body slam where Hulk Hogan finally, body slammed Andre the Giant. He tried many times without the match. He's like hurting his back. I mean, everybody says this is probably one of the worst matches yeah, uh, but wrestled. But yeah, it's um, it's important. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was just going to say, this is where a star rating, it's like, I think Dave Meltzer gave it like a negative two stars. It's like, well, sure, it wasn't a great match, but Nobody you have a job right now, 90, Dave Meltzer, the, because of this match. Right, ninety three thousand people didn't walk away thinking, "Oh my gosh, that work rate wasn't great." I mean, sometimes the story in the moment trumps the in ring work, and you know, I'm not, I'm somewhere in between. I'm not like you know, I, I get it. It wasn't a great match, but who the hell cares? It was a huge moment, and it was it it was the flag stuck in like one of the most important shows of all time. Yeah, I mean. What what's negative two stars? I mean, I would give this thing four stars because it did exactly what it needed to do. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it was I, a one unbridled success in the history of wrestling. I totally agree. I oh. you think about it if you think about it in terms of the fact that in real life, like let's say for example, you know, forget work rate, forget all that. Let's say that these two actually did not like each other, and we're gonna go toe to toe for the belt. Like in real in reality, you really think Hogan could easily slam andre the giant no and a lot of other wrestling moves probably couldn't easily be applied either because andre's just a massive dude with an amazing amount of strength we've seen these feats of strength he used to do in like the late 70s early 80s just kind of furthering you know prove that so when you go into this match expecting to see something like a shooting star press or whatever you're not going to get that and you know both these guys are just massive brutes so the work rate's going to be a lot different it's going to be a lot slower and it's going to be more about power moves but it's the how do, how does gorilla word it the indestructible force versus the immovable object, object you yeah. got it that's the ex- exactly what we got out of this match so i will say i think it was one of the better matches in the sense that I can remember different segments of it. There's the segment where they go outside the ring, the mats get pulled up. There's that moment where you think, Oh no, someone's going to get dropped on the concrete. doesn't quite happen. Get back in the ring. Like there's a story to it. Right. And there's chapters to it. So Steve, exactly what you just said, regardless of the work rate, the story that they told is exactly what they needed to tell. And obviously mm-hmm. it was successful because like you said, 90 plus thousand people walked away happy and we're still oh, yeah. talking about it 30 years later. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Charlie, it's your all time favorite, isn't it? Oh yeah. The work rate is just insane, dude. Forget, 
forget Steamboat and Savage, dude. This was the this was the best match of all time for WrestleMania. Forget Michaels Undertaker, you know. Drop in Ricochet and make it a triple threat, and nobody yep. will ever top it in history. There you or go. Daniel Bryan uh, triple threat because that's yep. what you do. Yep. Make sure that Dan. You know, I actually you, thought this put, was. Put Braun Strowman in that way he can do the job, you know, so you save your other guys. So I like actually think this, this was the greatest pay-per-view match I've seen until uh, Damian Priest and uh, the Miz with Lumberjack yeah. Zombies. Well, just hit, you hit, <laughs> well, you can hit my Charlie's corner because they, they redid that match tonight with the Lumberjacks. Oh, did oh they? Well, hold on. Yeah. Hit, cue, it, cue it up, Matt. All right. Well, based on what you just said, <laughs> it's now time for Charlie's Corner. Charlie, you've enlightened us with some fascinating news here. Please share it with uh, the listeners. Uh, yeah, as, um, as of Raw tonight, they redid the Lumberjack match with regular wrestlers by the ring, and it's and still the same outcome. Damian Priest won. <laughs> Incredible. And that. Yep. Uh, and where would you rank that match compared with this main event from WrestleMania 3? They're, they're, they're right up there on par, dude. That's, <laughs> that's, that's things I won't be watching. Yeah, and, <laughs> and probably in terms of work rate as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you know, Priest is pretty good, and so is Morrison. You know, so I can't I can't throw any shade on those guys, but, you know, they're, you know, Hulk's not going to, Hulk and Andre at that time aren't going aren't gonna to give you a lot of tope suicidas and moon salts and <laughs> her karanas when you compare them to ray phoenix you're not gonna it's, it's gonna be a letdown if you're looking at ray phoenix i think you're gonna get the same thing it's gonna be a little bit of a letdown that's a match i want to see in 2022 hogan versus ray phoenix Ray Phoenix. Jeez. imagine watching wrestlemania 3 93,000, and then the main events announced and then you hear lucha bros Mexican, meet us in the ring and with that this has been charlie sworn well boys before we wrap it before we wrap it up too i want to oh yeah i want to give let's not forget uh new jack dude um oh yeah oh yeah one of the classics dude go back and watch i was doing it over the weekend and today a little bit watching some of those promos from smoky mountain just just guy's great, dude. He was just great. It just sucks that he never – he didn't change his style so he could fit anywhere else. But he was made for ECW, and that's and, – and those small territories, and that's that was his – that was his wheelhouse, dude. It, he was great. Did you see Heyman's tribute to him? Yep, yep. I shared really, that on Facebook. It was good, yeah. yeah. But really it's so well funny, done. too, because I just watched um, – um, you know, a, a sit down with him, and he was just going off Heyman, dude. Come on, how bad of a crook he was! And it's kind of funny. <laughs> and it was like cool that he did that because I'm sure he saw New Jack just talking massive shit about him, dude. It's just right. that's great, but he still Heyman sucked it up and talked, you know, you know, talked about him as a, you know, talked about his work and shit. So, but that was New Jack, dude. New Jack was nuts, man. And if you and if you ever. I mean, you guys never saw him live, but man, when that music would hit and it would just mm-hmm. play his music to the whole match, it was yes. just fucking crazy chaos. It was like a it public was, enemy concert. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was that natural born killers, dude. It was just, it was just off the chains crazy, dude. It was just chaos. It, he was, like I said, he wasn't no great worker, but what he, his style was great for what he did, you know? 
For some of our newer listeners, uh, if you aren't as familiar with New Jack, or maybe if you haven't heard Charlie talk about New Jack in the past, um, Charlie was lucky enough to go to ECW Hardcore Heaven in 2000 yeah. and see New Jack jump off a 20-foot balcony through a table. On two, two tables. Two tables. Two tables stacked up, dude. Two. It was the hardest hit on the floor I've ever seen in my life, dude. It yeah. was crazy. That, that alone should give you an idea of the kind of performer New Jack was oh, beyond just his promos. It was just nuts, dude. It was just and, the uh, highest. It was just nuts, dude. Nuts. You can get a good... You can get a good look into his life by watching Dark Side of the Ring yep. New Jack episode. Probably top Definitely. three out of the whole oh, series. Oh yeah, my favorite. Yep. He he was a very um, he lived a very rough life, and you can kind of understand why he was the way he was in the ring based on his childhood that they do investigate. Uh, not a lot of people should have to go through some of the shit that he did, but um, I mean, he was the man. He he loved what he did, and he did it well. He leaned into his character and and he lived it. So yeah, rest in peace, New Jack. Um, he's the man. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. Uh, before we exit, uh, we're gonna do promo <laughs> hope, of the week. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well in the grave. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope you're in the wheelchair doing coke and uh, screwdrivers like yeah, you ended like the you wanted to be, ended, yeah. ended the Dark Side of the Ring episode. That was yeah. so classic. But um, yeah, we're going to get to promo of the week. Um, but that was our WrestleMania three wrap up, boys. That was a lot of fun. Um, thank you for checking that out. And hope we do more. So, hey, if you're a regular listener and love Keep the Cave Him and you want to hear what we have to say about another pay-per-view, shoot us a note and uh, we'll look into it and try to work it into the show. So our promo of the week comes from another Nick from minnesota and this is uh someone we already brought up on the show that was in wrestlemania 3 adrian adonis and jesse the body ventura do a promo with the awa with mean gene brought that up before yep let's take a listen well fans just to bring you up to date here on the awa the current heavyweight champion of the world Vern ganya he uh, happened to get that title back in Chicago, Illinois, on July the 18th from none other than Nick Bockwinkle, the man who we talked to earlier, the current tag team champions of the world, one of whom hails from down at San Diego, Jesse the Body Ventura, and his partner out of the Big Apple of New York City, the golden boy Adrian Adonis. Gentlemen, welcome to the Bay Area. Oh, thank you very much. You know, we got a few friends to say hello to. I like to say hello to Gray Slick, Marty Ballard of the Jefferson Airplane. I know they're going to company us down to dinner at Original Jaws, which we're going to have a meal of a lifetime, Daddy. And Jesse and myself, a lot of people, a lot of friends we know in the San Francisco area, and they're very happy to see us. And a couple weeks ago, I heard Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson out here giving us a so-called challenge. Well, they were... Back in the early 70s, it. Well, this is 1980, and we are it now. So whatever they want to do, whoever they want to come about it, we're ready, and we're willing, and we're able, Daddy. Isn't that right, Jesse? Isn't right, that Jack? right? Yes. That's right, Jack. Gee, Gee, right. You better believe it. All right. Gee. Let me tell you something concerning Mr. Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens, the former kingpins of the Bay Area. Well, you know, it's not often Mean Gene that champions go looking for challengers. Generally, it's the other way around. The challengers look for the champions. But Adrian and myself could think of nothing better, possibly, than facing Patterson and Stevens right in their home ground, San Francisco, and beating them in San Francisco, which would then 
Make us the kingpins of Frisco and the Bay Area. Well, gentlemen, I want you to know for a fact you're talking about two veritable legends in Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens and two very talented wrestlers who wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. Have you checked out the lateral deltoid lately? The Check lateral deltoid? Hmm, check that out. Anyway, getting back to Mr. Patterson and Stevens, we're the champions. We're standing here waiting for them or any other top challengers in the world. Because, baby, we are the best. We are the best of the 80s. You know, that kind the of East talk... east-west connection. Sooner or later, gentlemen, you will eat your words. You can't be that overly confident, really. Never, baby, never. You might eat that mic. And I want to say oh. hi to Phil Lesh and Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead. Thank you, gentlemen. The current tag team champions of the world, the East-West Connection, Jesse Ventura and Adrian Adonis. TV20's All-Star Wrestling, next Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Have a good one. And so long. And there you have it. Two of the best. Like I said, I, told you, I, I took that one off before, man. Those guys are great in the AWA. Right, Charlie? I mean, uh, yeah, you always liked that promo. Oh, I loved it. It was it was uh, it was classic, dude. You can't you can't get over you can't you don't get them like that much anymore. Jesse's delivery. You, you don't get them like that. Jesse's delivery just never gets old, right? And if you're a fan of the show and you want to submit a promo. Uh, that you want played on the show, hit us up. Send it to us on our DMs on Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe. DM us on Facebook at Keep the Kayfabe. Um, and yeah, boys, if you do three things this week, you stay humble, you stay hungry, and you stay hard. Triple right? H! Triple H! Very strange reaction. The more I see, the more I do. Baby. Ticket to ride, white line highway. Tell all your friends they can go my way. Such good.